0: The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, they're, they're spoilers and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Daredevil. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason?
1: Not much. How about you, Kerwin?
0: Doing good, man. What are you drinking?
1: Uh, Stone Buena Vista.
0: All right. Also with us is TJ. What up, TJ? Hey, guys. Uh, what are you drinking today?
2: I am drinking... White cloud today.
0: Uh, making his return to the podcast is Dominic. What up, Dom? What's up, Kevin? What are you drinking today? Bud Light seltzer. Nice
3: cranberry.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>
2: what, what do you? Off to a good start.
1: What do you wish? What, what do you wish it was, though, Dom? <sighs> A Modelo,
2: know <laughs> <laughs> well, A Mountain way. Dew. Oh, Mountain Dew
3: Baja, Baja Blast, Blast Seltzer. Seltzer. we'll Yo. you up, man? <laughs> Yo,
0: for real. Maybe they'll sponsor us. Hopefully, maybe we'll see. Uh And we're matter- do an extra credits on that. Just a review Just of seltzers. Yeah. Seltzer reviews. We could do that. Yeah, I'd be we sure could. Yeah. And uh, rounding out the panel today is Jordan.
4: What's up, Jordan? Hey, Kerwin, how's it going? Doing good, man. What are you drinking today? I am drinking a high noon vodka and soda, black cherry, because I'm all out of frosty Guinnesses. Damn. Well, hey, you know what? We got a little pick me up for you there. We got a daredevil. Today, you know, Mm. yeah, I'm actually glad I wouldn't want to taint my frosty Guinness with the likes of this movie. (laughs) We had Daredevil released February 14th,
0: 2003. It stars Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, Michael Clark Duncan, Colin Farrell, Joe Pantoliano, and Jon Favreau. Uh, It's directed by Mark Steven Johnson, and it is distributed by 20th Century Fox. Uh, let's talk about our experiences uh, with Daredevil. Uh, Jason, what is your experience?
1: I'm pretty sure I saw this in theaters. I don't remember disliking it as much when I saw it when I was younger though. But going back, I, ne- I don't remember ever rewatching it. it. Um, I remember hearing about Elektra. I think I saw like 30 minutes of it and I didn't care for it, so I stopped watching. Um, and then I know we were talking about doing this, but I you know, I watched the Netflix series of Daredevil and I loved it. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I don't remember the movie being like this. Um, it didn't um, encourage me to go back and watch it, but I just remember not thinking it was as good as this, because the series is amazing. Um, but rewatching it you know a few months ago for the podcast it's this is just i was watching with elizabeth and she was just on her phone the entire time and i think she asked me three or four times what are you watching what is this (laughs) because it was just so ridiculous and i was like i gotta watch it for the podcast you know and and, uh and uh, i think it was on one of the subscriptions that we had so i don't think i had to pay for it which was nice um but yeah that's my experience and it definitely wasn't on Peacock. Um, Jesus, it was not on Peacock. So, yeah, that's my experience. All right, TJ, what about you?
2: Um, I really can't remember, but if if I'm right, I actually saw this movie, like, on an airplane. And, you know, you're always just looking for something to pass time on an airplane. So, this is what I chose, and it was the longest flight of my life. And that was it. Yeah.
5: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Doug.
4: Like, these are so sad. I had a 30-minute flight, but somehow it took two and a half hours. Oh this is so so a flight that never ended. All right. Jordan, what is your experience? Uh, you could pretty much copy and paste uh, Jason's response for, for mine. Uh, saw this in the theaters. Thought it was probably pretty decent at the time. Um, again, as we talked about, we were kind of coming off the heels of, of Spider-Man, so... In, uh was excited to see a, another superhero movie, but watched it again for the podcast, and oh my God, it just does not hold up.
0: Uh, my experience with this movie, I rented it from Hollywood Video. Ooh. I remember. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? Do you have a problem with Blockbuster? No, I just, Hollywood Video is closer. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Is it All
2: the right. one off of Phil um, and
0: By Toys R Us? Oh, no. No? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not the what one the... sad off, uh, day. The one, one on, on Valley. Valley, Valley and uh, Sierra. Yeah. Hollywood Video was yeah. popping, though. Oh, yeah. They had yeah. more video games. I used to go there all the time. Oh, for oh, yeah. real?
4: They had more video
0: games? Yeah, they had more video games at yeah. yeah. Blockbuster. Yeah. And uh, I think you got to rent them for longer, too.
1: Yeah, yeah but Hollywood Video would let you rent an entire system if you wanted to. Mm. Yeah. Mm, Blockbuster did yeah, the really? same
4: thing. Yeah, I remember uh, the ability to rent a PlayStation 2 from Blockbuster. Oh, oh cool. Oh, shit.
2: Yeah. Well, I hope they're both doing great both both businesses God. well tech, <laughs> I no. was just gonna say like how crazy is it that we used to go places to rent movies and then return
4: them didn't didn't like the last blockbuster just close like there was one that was the lone holdout in the entire country in Alaska I think it was or something there's like, like a that. documentary on it on yeah. YouTube I think oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but I think it may have just shut down recently so yeah
0: um, but other than that, I mean, uh, I've seen this movie a couple times. Uh, for this podcast, I specifically uh, rented the director's cut, which I believe is uh, 20 or however many minutes longer. And, uh, you know, we watched it a couple months ago. We were supposed to record, but that didn't happen. So I'm going to try to remember as much as I can uh, for this recording. But we'll, we'll get into that as we go through Trash and Treasure. Uh, Dominic, what's your experience?
3: Same as others. It was 20 years ago. I probably watched in movies. Like yeah, we're old.
2: <laughs> God, was it? It wasn't twenty years. Was Eighteen.
3: But yeah, I remember watching in theaters and it not being half bad like everyone else is saying. And I remember watching the spinoff Electro, and it was a while ago, a long while.
1: Did you rewatch it again for the podcast?
3: I tried to. Oh, but I fell asleep.
1: Oh yeah. man,
5: damn. I
3: feel like yeah. that's
1: pretty common.
5: for Yeah, you, for it, you any it time. is. I'm just always tired. <laughs> I'm just
3: like,
0: work be killing me. Before we get into behind the scenes, I'm gonna hit you with the financials. Uh, The budget for this movie was uh, $78 million. Uh, Domestic, it made 102.5 million overall. Uh, Its international box office was uh, 80.2 million, and uh, total overall gross was 182.7 million. Uh, Weekend of release, uh, Daredevil debuted at number one, earning 40.3 million. And uh, here's the top 10 movies and theaters that week. So we got The Hours at number 10, earning 3.3 million. Kangaroo Jack at number nine, earning 3.9 million. God <laughs> damn.
5: Yes.
0: I'm going to hit you with another one. Ready? Ready? We got Deliver Us from Eva. Wow.
2: <laughs> making
0: 4 million. Wow. <laughs> right? It was, a, it was a slow week at the box office. Yeah. We got Final Destination mm-hmm. 2 making five point six. Uh, The recruit at number six making 6.4 million. Number five was uh, Shanghai Knights earning 11 million. Number four, The Jungle Book 2 earning 11.4 million. Number three, Chicago at 12.7 million. And number two that weekend was How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days at 18.7 million. This list makes me feel so so old. It's
3: fucking so 2000s. Yeah.
0: But yeah, that's it for uh, Box Office. Uh, Jason, why don't you tell us what the people thought?
1: So Rotten Tomatoes, um, 43% of critics liked it with an average rating of 5.2 out of 10. Um, there was 98 fresh ratings, 129 rotten. And the audience, uh, a little bit lower. 35% of the audience gave it a 3.5 out of five or higher with an average rating of 2.8 out of five um, with over 250,000 ratings. So. I don't know how do you guys feel about those. I feel like Seems they're a higher. higher. Yeah,
5: I feel like
2: they're higher than I would have thought, especially the critic score, 43. 43? 43 percent. I don't know. They probably all loved the soundtrack back then. They're just like, yeah. I also <laughs> sounds <I> mean, great. <laughs> obviously, this movie came out a long time ago. I I don't know, like what the like was this normal? <laughs> so <laughs> think about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like like the writing style, the cinematography. Like was this. You know, I think we're all a little, at least I can speak for myself, I'm a little bit jaded like in a positive way from like all the Marvel movies, which are just so well done this is off that the everything sh- kind of lives up to that. It's off the heels of Spider-Man, right? It is. And I think I, this is kind of like that new
4: wave of superhero movies that's come in. That's This isn't the old Superman movies or anything like that. To your point, this is coming right off that Spider-Man um new new wave sort of uh, superhero movie, so giving it the benefit of the doubt.
5: This is
3: what know? I got. It's like it's a mix of Spider Man and Blade. Try to be edgy
0: Mm. like Blade, Mm. but be
5: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: like—it's got a lot of uh, Matrix in it too. Because uh, we're doing like black leather sunglasses, super stylish, over-the-top action scenes. You know, we saw that. You know, we're in the era of like Underworld, yeah, Blade, uh, X Men. You know, going for the black costumes and everything's leather. Yeah, yeah, everything's leather, and they're too afraid to actually like delve into where a lot of these stories come from. Their outfits are not practical.
2: No.
4: no, I didn't see any daredevil nipples on his costume. Did you guys? <laughs> no, you no, a, he, no injection molded nipples. Wait, also, what do like, we what do we call him in 40 year old version? The Stevie Wonders, <laughs> <laughs> the,
5: <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bumpy Braille. <brown> <laughs> I was just saying,
2: which would have fit in perfectly about a
4: superhero movie about a blind
1: guy.
2: Um, also, was like I didn't know about Daredevil until this movie came out. Did anybody, like, was he a very famous character? Like, Spider-Man is obviously, like, huge, you know? So when Spider-Man or Batman or Superman, those are, like, really big comic book names, you know? But Daredevil, was it the same, or...? I just remember him from the animated Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, Daredevil was always kind of like a B-Squatter. Yeah, like, Daredevil had some of, like, the best runs, but, like, if you're talking about, like, mainstream, like, most people probably wouldn't have known who Daredevil was.
1: There's one funny uh, review on Rotten Tomatoes from this lady, Debbie Elias, um, from Behind the Lens. She said, alas, you'll have to be pretty daring yourself to go see Daredevil. <laughs> that was kind of funny. And then this, this dude gave it uh, a fresh rating, but it, it's pretty interesting what he says. It's um, Lay Patch from The Herald Sun. He says, quote, an event pick that is big, brassy, and bullying enough to make you forget how little of it is actually making sense. <laughs> <laughs> But he gave it a fresh rating, so I don't know. So I think enjoyed that backhanded compliment. That's kinda, yeah, this was gonna say right now. Yeah, I kind of got like some Batman vibes from the movie too. Like Joel Schumacher Batman. Yeah. yeah. Um. Specifically when uh, Ben Affleck, like they're showing all of his gear, like they start oh, yeah. the lenses and like he's like suiting up and like doing the straps and everything. It kind of reminds me. Yeah. It's Very Batman. Kind of early Batman stuff. That's what I feeling. I got. Um. IMDb five point three out of ten with over 216,000 ratings, so kind of in the middle. Actually, actually higher, sorry, higher than the critics and the audience from Rotten Tomatoes. Over 50% of the votes were between five and seven, so it's right there. And then the demos, um, the lowest was actually males under 18, gave it an average rating of 4.5 out of 10. Um, and then the highest, you have males 45 plus, which gave it a 5.5 out of 10. So yeah, those are the reviews.
2: They were just there for Jennifer Garner. I guess she garnered she a lot of will? attention.
3: She well known at the time. She yeah, did 13 yeah, thirteen going on thirty. Yeah.
1: She was yeah. in Alias. Alias, yeah. But I think you guys are right too. Like you think about X Men, and then you think about Spider Man. Like it, they're trying to ride this wave. It's a miss, but I don't know. It's it, it's. I mean, it's kind of dark, and it has some elements of that, which kind of keeps you going. But there's a lot of things that take you right back out of it. So
0: yeah. Uh, So let's get into behind the scenes and actually talk about uh, Daredevil, uh, the character. So, uh, the Marvel Comics character Daredevil first appeared in Daredevil Number One, published in April 1964. Uh, it's created by uh, created by writer Stan Lee, you know, uh, known for creating the X Men, Spider Man, Black Panther, and other Marvel characters, and artist Bill Everett, who also created Namor, the Submariner. Uh, Jack Kirby, according to NewsfromMe.com, also had a hand in creating the character, creating early costume concepts, and coming up with the idea of Daredevil's Billy Club uh and if you don't know who jack kirby is he co-created you know marvel characters captain america the fantastic four x-men and more he also created dc characters dark side as well as the fourth world and new gods properties uh and in this movie you're going to see a lot of references to different marvel creators uh, some of the characters are going to be named after them and you'll probably get a name drop on a sign here and there but there's a ton of like marvel shit just in this movie um, In a documentary uh, called the men without fear uh, stanley noticed that people were always saying that he always created characters with quote-unquote flaws so when he created daredevil he was actually worried about creating a blind hero because he wasn't sure if it would come off as insensitive to the blind or handicapped community Uh, but he says that marvel got a hugely positive response from charities for the blind and people that they represented um, so, I mean, that's pretty cool. You know, Yeah. like yeah. that's that's one thing I've always appreciated about uh, like Stan Lee when he makes characters like there's the human aspect of them is so much more than than just the superhero aspect of them. So that's a cool thing. Uh, fun fact, Daredevil's original classic costume was yellow, black and red. Uh, he wouldn't get his trademark full red suit until Daredevil number 7, uh, and that suit was created by artist Wally Wood, and that also debuted in 1964. Uh, Stan Lee said that people didn't really like the yellow costume, so he was like, cool, make it red. And that's how they got the red costume. And now moving on to Daredevil's uh OG origin uh, that I got from fandom and Wikipedia. Uh, Similar to the movie, Matt Murdock is the son of a single father, Jonathan, quote, battling Jack Murdock. Uh, His dad pushed him to be more successful in life than he was and made him focus on his studies as opposed to playing sports or socializing with other kids. Uh, This caused him to be bullied and to deal with this, Matt would train in secret in his dad's gym. As far as getting his powers, uh, Matt sees a blind man walking towards an oncoming truck and pushes him out of the way. Unfortunately, the truck crashes and spills radioactive material on him, blinding him but giving him new abilities. Uh, Same as the movie, after Matt is blinded, Matt's dad refuses to take a dive in one of his fights and is murdered by a man known as the Fixer, with no ties to Kingpin in the comic Uh, And this spurs Matt to seek revenge using the alter ego known as Daredevil, making his suit out of his father's yellow and black boxing robes. And that's where he gets his yellow and black costume from. And then, you know, we can talk a little bit a little bit about Daredevil and Frank Miller, because I think I think Frank Miller has like the hugest influence on this character's popularity. Uh, And it's from the uh, Men Without Fear documentary that you can always watch on YouTube. Um, One of the writers with the biggest impact on Daredevil is of course Frank Miller, uh, most notably with the Born Again and the Man Without Fear storylines. For anyone that doesn't know, Frank Miller is a writer, artist, screenwriter, director, and producer known for Sin City, The Dark Knight Returns, 300, and Batman Year One, uh, and he's done a ton of other stuff. Uh, Frank Miller's first run on Daredevil was from 1979 to 1983. And he came back in 1986. And his second run was from 1993 to 1994. Uh, Miller's run was known for its intense violence and adult themes, and for targeting a more adult audience. Uh, He started off drawing Daredevil as a guest character in a few Spider-Man books and was interested in the character because he was known for what he can't do, whereas other superheroes were known for what they can do. So he found the the blind aspect of him more interesting. Um, It was his decision to focus more on Matt Murdock being a Catholic because he felt that only a Catholic could be an attorney and a vigilante at the same time, according to him, two contradicting professions. He introduced Elektra as a direct criticism of the fact that too many of these superheroes or, you know, going around dating these quote, normal girls. He says, why the fuck is Superman with Lois? He should be running around with Wonder Woman so she can match him. So that's why he came up with Electra. He felt that Daredevil needed an equal and not just some girl he has to save all the time. He says that these heroes should be just as operatic in their romance as they are in their combat. Their relationships shouldn't even be like a normal person's. They shouldn't be like ours. And along with Electra, Miller introduced the hand the ninja criminal organization, as well as their direct rivals, The Chaste, led by Matt Murdock's mentor, Stick, that we see uh, in the TV series. Um, Fun fact, the Foot Clan from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is uh, based on and pays homage to The Hand, so there's a lot of daredevil Mm. in Ninja Turtles if you pay attention. Uh, Miller also took the Kingpin from Spider-Man uh, first appearing in Spider-Man: uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 50 and transformed the character from a gadget-wielding criminal businessman into the frightening, cold-blooded crime boss that he is today, and more importantly, into the arch-nemesis of Daredevil. Uh, Bullseye kills Elektra in the exact same way he kills her in the comics, uh, card to the throat, and side through the chest slash abdomen. So all that's taken directly from, uh, from panels in the comics. And uh, real quick... Getting into Daredevil's abilities and weaknesses, because I think this might come up in Trash and Treasure, so I I just may should have jot these down, Uh, Man Without Fear. Uh, Daredevil has been known to show a detached ability to fear uh, and an emotional detachment bordering on sociopathic, which grants him immunity to most fear toxins and spells. Uh, He's got peak physical conditioning, he's a master martial artist, he's a master acrobat. Only few others in the, in the Marvel Comics universe can match his abilities, like Spider-Man, Elektra, Captain America, Shang-Chi, and Black Panther. Uh, he's able to control his nervous system giving him the ability to surpass normal human strength. He can easily lift and press 400-plus pounds. Uh, He's an expert interrogator, not only because of his senses, but because of his years of experience as an attorney. He's also really good at torture and, uh, you know, hung out with Christian Grey for a while, so I'm pretty sure that's how he knows all that. (laughs) Um, And uh, he knows how to navigate. Can we (laughs) stop? I like how you... Just
3: segued into one of the worst movies ever. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's like catch our
2: catch our episode now, streaming. Bravo. (laughs) Thank you. I just wanna let that marinate a little bit. I
0: appreciate you.
5: Yes, yes. (laughs) Crossover. Uh,
0: Yeah. Um, And uh, he can also navigate pressure points on the human body due to his skills as a martial artist and uh, his superhuman senses. Uh, He has an indomitable will like Batman and is one of the few people in the Marvel Comics universe to resist the mind control powers of the Purple Man. So if you've seen Jessica Jones, uh, he can resist the Purple Man. Uh, He's a great detective and tracker. And uh, while Daredevil's other four senses are heightened due to the chemical that blinded him, he is unable to detect anything if his remaining senses are overwhelmed or if an object person or his surroundings are not emitting enough, of, enough heat, sound, or smell. Um, he can guess what colors certain items are based on the amount of light that's reflected off them by feeling the heat. Um, and in water, his radar sense is pretty much useless, and he has a hard time telling which direction sound is coming from while he's in the water. So
1: that's why he sleeps in that thing, probably to like drown out the noise and senses and everything. But then he
0: gets out
3: and fucking blasts the most rock thing ever. Well, and it man. makes no, it makes no it makes no sense.
0: I see what you did there. No sense. There you go.
3: Yeah. Ah. Explain that though. It, what, you he sleeps to... in a coffin full of water. I get that to kill the sound. Yeah. But then he, when he gets out, he turns up music because well, he wants to he, sleep he wants to
2: sleep yeah. he needs to be
3: quiet it needs to be quiet yeah, but think about sleep. it this way think well, you don't have
4: pump-up jams when you wake up wouldn't that
0: hurt him more no but that's why he sleeps in the thing because he could probably hear a bunch of shit when he's asleep like he has
4: superhuman hearing i mean yeah.
3: i know but wouldn't like rock even like
4: hurt? but then again he probably cranks it up so he doesn't hear that all that ambient you know complaining that people are doing yeah.
1: dude
4: you're just reaching I'm not reaching. Damn, do no, you I'm hate there That doesn't. feels
1: like reaching but, a little. I mean, yeah. that's, that's not, I, no, I get that's what that's he's saying. Reaching. Like,
4: if he's got superhuman hearing, right, Why then loud listen? noises probably yeah. would mess him up. But I'm sure, like, trying to imagine yourself in the same situation, would you rather hear a bunch of people complaining about, you know, stuff that you can't really do, or just, you know, take a little pain and listen to some band that you prefer?
1: Let's, let's make this more simple, okay? Okay. So he lives in an apartment building, right? Yeah. Okay. He wakes up comes out of this chamber that's like drowning all the sounds it's probably pretty quiet for the most part but he has super like strength hearing i guess however you want to say it so you can probably hear people downstairs taking a shit they just woke up Hear <laughs> 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 all kinds of he's like you know what that's not what i want to hear first thing in the morning I crank up the tunes drown all the that tunes. shit out too
3: it doesn't even probably sound like tunes to him it's just like i like, think like, i high, think they high-pitched screeching like
4: i don't know i think they may have missed like a like a perfect like sponsor opportunity for noise canceling headphones with, you know, Sony or whatnot. So yeah. they could have easily have done it. I mean,
2: that. I gotta say, if this is the thing that is frustrating to Dom in this movie,
5: this is <laughs> I'm the thing. It. Five I, of I get the this feeling is this the is,
2: the is only the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I don't know.
5: Let's, it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Let's save all this for for trash and treasure. All right. Uh, development. This movie was originally at Fox. Oh, you gotta open up? Yeah, pause. Right.
5: That was
2: louder than normal. I feel. like. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Daredevil, what if I... This is this is why he <laughs> on,
2: on the floor, pissed himself. Everyone's <laughs>
0: having fun. No, he's like, ah, oh, these twenty dollars ticket guys again. <laughs> uh, Let me get my, my tank. Turn up some Evanescence right now.
4: God. <laughs> God, that band was all over this fucking movie.
3: Oh, oh Jesus, yeah. uh,
4: Treasure. <laughs> I actually
0: don't mind Evanescence. I don't either. Me either. Yeah, the song. Yes, but the way they used it. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Daredevil originally started at Fox, who held the rights from Marvel, which was uh, facing bankruptcy in the late 90s, you know, like we talked about in the retrospective episodes. The rights expired, and Disney tried to acquire the rights. Uh, ironically, Disney would actually end up purchasing Marvel as a whole in 2012, and uh, these negotiations didn't work out. So Marvel went to Columbia, Sony, who has the rights to Spider Man. Uh, in 2000, that agreement fell through, and then finally, New Regency got the rights, and subsequently, 20th Century Fox, who distributed the movie. So, it went in a big ass circle and it ended up back at Fox again and Disney again. Funny how things work out. Uh, then we can talk about the director, writer, and production. Uh, this movie is written and directed by Mark Steven Johnson. He also directed Ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Uh, exactly. Uh, other projects uh, he's written are uh, Grumpy Old Men, Christopher Robin, and Jack Frost. He would also go on to executive produce Ghostwriter 2 and Elektra Uh, prior to Johnson's hiring Chris Columbus was hired to write and direct this movie back in 1997 but because of all you know the studio negotiation he didn't end up doing it Uh, for anybody who doesn't know who Chris Columbus is the director not the guy that came over here uh, he directed Home Alone 1 and 2 Mrs. Doubtfire the first two Harry Potter films and Pixels he also wrote Goonies and Gremlins and Home Alone 1 and 2 so, do you think that would have been a good choice? Yeah, um, yeah, wow.
1: yeah. Jesus, what could have been, man?
0: Yeah. Well, hey, you know, we can always we can always fantasize, but you know what? I think we're quite satisfied with what we received, uh, according to. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Dare I say, not. <laughs>
0: Uh, According to comic book resources, uh, Mark Steven Johnson tried for six years to get this job. And uh, previous Marvel exec, Avi Arad, said that, quote, Mark harassed me. And then I thought it was sexual for a while. Uh, (laughs) But it was clear he was obsessed. And he's a very good writer. Uh, According to Wikipedia, Kevin Feige said that Johnson's script was one of the strongest scripts Marvel had ever received at the time. At the time.
2: At the time, I'm sure it was.
0: Yeah.
1: Tom's got his Baja Blast Eyes again.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: um, so,
3: <laughs> dude, dude.
1: moving on to
0: the cast, uh, we got Ben Affleck as Matt Murdock. Uh, other actors considered or offered the role were Vin Diesel, but he went on to do Fast and the Furious or Chronicles of Riddick, depending on what source you look up. I couldn't find like, a definitive answer. Hmm. Uh, Guy Pierce, who turned it down, saying in an interview with Vulture that he wasn't interested in comic book movies, although he did play the worst Iron Man villain in Iron Man 3. Uh, hmm. Matt Damon was offered the role, but he turned it down, saying in a uh, 2011 The Times interview that he and friend Ben Affleck loved the character, but he personally didn't believe in the script or the director at the time. So he disagreed with Kevin Hart.
2: Kind of life, kind of shitty because you know Matt Damon and Ben Affleck go way back. Yeah, and Matt Damon's like, "Here, Ben, have my." uh Ben recheck. Affleck's
4: always taking up Matt Damon's sloppy seconds. So <laughs> smart great. <man>. <laughs> it's great, perfect.
2: Oh shit, he's made a career off that. I mean, yeah. the duel's pretty good.
0: Oh, I still do. the. Uh, I gotta I'm watch sorry. that still. Yeah, I still. Uh, Matthew Davis and Colin Farrell were also up for the role with uh, Colin Farrell getting the roles of Bullseye in uh, December 2001. Uh, according to IMDB, Cuba Gooding Jr. wanted to play Daredevil, but he was never approached. Oh. So, yeah, I guess they were looking for a few good men and he was oh, a one so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. I was worried that uh, that joke was going to take a dive. Yeah. Yeah. You okay, Donnie? <laughs> you okay? Talk about
3: me reaching. Quick, <laughs> someone get this man a Baja Blast.
4: <laughs> we need a Baja Blast stat.
3: Let's
0: um, so, switch my colors. That looks like the Baja Blast color right there. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Ben Affleck is a huge Daredevil fan uh, since his childhood, and he's a huge comic book fan in general. And uh, he went ahead and read every single issue starring the character. Uh, according to Comic Book Resources, uh, In the Kevin Smith run of Daredevil uh, called Guardian Devil, they modeled Matt Murdock after the actor. According to IMDB, it was Kevin Smith who suggested that Affleck get the role since they worked on Smith's previous movies together. Uh, He also says that he didn't want anybody else taking the role because he felt he could bring his knowledge of the character to it and didn't want anyone else screwing it up by veering too far from the source material. Uh, on set, uh, he wore heavy-duty contact lenses that blocked most of his vision. Uh, the director felt that these would help his performance. Uh, then we got Jennifer Garner as Elektra. Uh, she signed on to do the movie in January 2002. Uh, and to prepare for her role as Elektra uh Jennifer Garner ate a bowl of nachos every day before shooting. Uh, other addresses that the were fuck? up. The fuck? Hold on. <laughs> you're lying. Hold
4: on. I think we just kind of like glazed over that real quick. So well, I thought it was in like, order work with to prep for her role <laughs> as Electro Nachos. She ate a bowl of nachos every day. What is the correlation Are you lying? between those I'm two? I'm pretty sure it's a joke. Please <laughs> tell me it's a fucking joke. <laughs> you're lying. Stop the cap. <laughs> <laughs> Kerwin, please.
2: <laughs> Kerwin, you're lying. Please grant me this mercy and tell he's, me that was a joke. He's fucking with y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. He just slid into in there. This is fucking daredevil we're talking about. Nothing is outside the realm of possibility. I'm just... I'm... Hold on. Let me, let me answer your question.
4: Uh, thank you. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I want to rant some more. You know, you want... Okay, okay, okay. No, go ahead. According to Wikipedia. Okay.
0: <laughs> other other actresses that were up for the role of Elektra oh, <laughs> <laughs>
5: no.
0: were Kate Winslet, Monica Bellucci, uh, Penelope Cruz, Selma Hayek, Natalie Portman, Lucy Liu, Jessica Alba, Jolene Blalock, Eliza Dushku, Mia Maestro, Rona Mitra, Nev Campbell, and Katie Holmes. That is a That's a long ass lot. list. That's a lot. Yeah,
5: yeah. yeah.
0: exactly. Uh, according, to, <laughs> according to IMDB, during a fight scene with Ben Affleck, she accidentally kicked him in the head and knocked him out. So yeah, oh, she heard him. Yeah, it's those nachos. <laughs> uh then we got michael clark duncan as kingpin uh according to wikipedia he was attached to this he was attached to this film for a long time but finally signed on at the end of january 20 or 2002. uh he was also an avid comic book fan and he tells a story about how he had left his collection all over the floor in his room when he was a kid and when he came back he found out that his mom had incinerated them all he said that uh in an interview Quote, when she asked me for money, I tell her to go in that incinerator and find that $3.5 million in comics you cost me. End quote.
5: Cold-blooded.
0: He's probably joking, though, but he's not lying. Uh, RIP, of course. Uh, His biggest concern with this role was that he was a black man playing a white character from the comics. He says in a uh, UGO.com interview that Fox wanted him for this part no matter what. Even still, uh, he felt pressure because people do want to see characters come to life as close to the source material as possible, and changing it up might push people away. Uh, I found this on IMDb, but apparently when Kingpin was created in 1967, he was initially conceived as a black character, but the idea of having a black villain was scrapped because they didn't want to cause controversy during the civil rights era. Um, on being asked about portraying his character a bit more sympathetically because he's the only black guy in a predominantly white cast he says he didn't because the kingpin is not a sympathetic character yeah he was bullied as a kid but now he's a long way from being that child he's the kingpin and he'll kill anyone that gets in his way like he always does without mercy and uh, with all that being said, he would actually end up voicing Kingpin on uh, Spider-Man, the new animated series that was on MTV back in the day in the early 2000s. And uh, concerning the Kingpin's wife, Vanessa, uh, from the comics, uh, Michael Clark Duncan says that he would have cast uh, Halle Berry or Angela Bassett as uh, Vanessa Fisk. Interesting.
3: Yeah. Halle Berry? Halle Berry?
0: She's in Moonfall.
3: Yeah. Do we have to talk about
0: that? No, um, as far as training for the role, he says that uh, in uh, he says that uh, despite being 290 pounds when he was cast, they still wanted him to gain weight. So he put on an additional 40 pounds by eating and powerlifting with zero cardio. And he was 3.30 during production. Damn. Fuck. Insane. Yeah. damn. Yeah. Um, and he also did his own fights and stunts in the movie because his stunt double was too small. Uh, in that... <laughs> fun- <laughs> yeah. I mean, that dude yeah. was a big dude. <laughs> yeah. In that final fight scene with Daredevil, uh, he and Ben Affleck were rehearsing their moves, and Affleck was... Uh, Affleck had a lead pipe in his hand as a prop. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan asks him, "You know, hey, are you going to use that lead pipe or a plastic one?" And Ben Affleck says, "Don't worry, I'm not going to use it." And of course, once they get into filming, Ben Affleck clocks him in the head with the lead pipe. And Michael Clark Duncan was like, "Bringing the stunt double," and they had to stop filming to give his eye enough time to like stop swelling. Mm. So he got hit in the head by Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. Shit. Uh, fun fact: uh, He and Ben Affleck would eventually save the world from an asteroid. With the help of Bruce Willis. Oh, look at it. Yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell as Bullseye. Uh, it was Joe Quesada's uh, Marvel editor in chief at the time. Uh, it was his idea to get rid of the Bullseye costume from the comics. Uh, they wanted Farrell to keep his Irish accent for the movie, despite the original character not being from Ireland, uh, at least based on what I could find. Uh to prepare for the role, he read Frank Miller's run on Daredevil, uh, and based his performance on the look of the character and his uh over the top facial expression. So if you've ever read like Daredevil comics, like Bullseye is just fucking insane, you know? So that's where you get a lot of that shit from. You know, we know that Colin Farrell was almost Daredevil, but according to IMDB, Ben Affleck was actually looking at playing Bullseye. So we could have had like a total switch on the roles there. Uh, face now, up, face Yeah. Face off? Yeah that's it <laughs> oh. okay uh, then we have uh, John Favreau as uh, Foggy Nelson uh, he signed on in February 2002 uh, he'd later go on to direct Iron Man and Iron Man 2 with uh, multiple appearances in the MCU according to IMDB he was already talking to Marvel about making another superhero project while he was working on that movie and it was mm-hmm. most likely Iron Man so during the filming of this movie he was already in talks to, to make that movie which is crazy like how fast that shit moves it's hustling yeah and uh, I guess he also did Elf too. whatever um, then we have <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, Joe Pantoliano as uh, Ben Urich uh, we know him as uh, Captain Howard from Bad Boys and uh, Cypher from The Matrix
1: damn you Cypher
0: and uh, he's also Ralph uh, Cifaretto on The Sopranos right yep. yeah mm-hmm. Ralphie yeah Uh, His character in the comics works for the Daily Bugle, but they had to change it to the New York Post because Sony had the rights to the Daily Bugle because they own Spider-Man. Then we have Ellen Pompeo as Karen Page. Uh, She's also Dr. Meredith Grey from Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Karen Page is a huge character in the Daredevil comics, being at the center of the Guardian-Devil storyline. And I feel like if we would have gotten a sequel, we we definitely would have seen more of her, you know? And then uh, finally, we got... uh, Eric Avari as a Nicholas Nachos, uh, he did not eat any nachos to prepare for his role. Production. Uh, the initial plan with this movie was to shoot some rooftop scenes out here in L.A., you know, get establishing shots in New York, and then do the rest of the production in Vancouver or in Montreal. But after scouting L.A., uh, the director decided that they should just do the whole thing out here because he felt like older parts of L.A. would be a good substitute for New York. And according to him, there are like no stages in Vancouver. Uh, Ben Affleck also wanted to do the movie in L.A. because he'd just come back from filming The Sum of All Fears and he didn't want to go back to Canada. So the studio let them film in L.A. For the look of the movie uh the director took a lot of influence from the comics uh, there are some frames in this movie that are nearly identical or take influence from certain panels in the comics like daredevil on the cross the manner in which bullseye stabs and kills Elektra, uh the final shot of him jumping you know from the building and throwing his billy club towards the camera is just like every splash cover you see in daredevil um, the director used a lot of Joe Quesada's uh, art to set up imagery because with all the comics, you didn't really need storyboards to pitch anything. And uh, the cinematographer for this movie, uh, Erickson Core, uh, he did Payback and Fast and the Furious. Uh, he had no real knowledge of Daredevil or comics at all. But as soon as the director showed him the art from the comics, he immediately was into the project. Uh, he says in an interview that uh, the director really wanted the uh, bluish look he created in Payback, which is why you see so much like blue hue throughout this movie. And uh, they really wanted to limit their color palette to represents uh, to represent Daredevil's point of view as well. He can't see, so they limit the amount of color that we see when he's in the suit. And uh, speaking of color, they had to boost the saturation of Daredevil's suit because that blood red suit he's wearing was not popping. So all that shit had to be done in post. Like it was too dark. And then uh, the costume designer on this movie is uh, James Atchison, who did all three original Spider-Man movies, Man of Steel, Highlander, and Man in the Iron Mask.
2: Why not just change the suit?
0: Like they make it They probably didn't realize yeah. it
2: until post.
0: Yeah, they probably didn't. Yeah, like you're saying, TJ. Because oh, you know how
2: they made everything real dark anyways? Yeah. So yeah. when they were filming, it probably looked fine. And then they put that Insta-filter on it, and it was like, oh, I'm not popping.
4: Oh, I see. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Early, odd uh, Insta-filters. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: Remember how much we used to edit our photos on, or like filter our photos on Instagram, like when yes. it first launched. MySpace. Like, mean- yeah, there's um, some, there's some really bad filters.
0: Anyways, go oh ahead. yeah, Snapchat too. Fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, most important piece of this behind the scenes though is the music. Yes. You guys ready to jam out to some sick tunes?
2: I think we should put it on. Uh, full blast
0: We should I think we should
2: Wake <laughs> <Drink laughs> me up <laughs>
0: Right after this Right after this We're, we're listening to Evanescence uh, The score was done by uh, Graham Revel uh, Movies he has worked on Are Hard Target From Dust Till Dawn The Crow Street Fighter Basketball Diaries Spawn And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers The movie mm-hmm. Fantastic Sick. Great career Exactly Hard Target Yep, yep. Are you sure? me? But guys 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 it's The GOAT Most importantly, most importantly, this guy, he also scored the film Three to Tango, which is ironically the same name of the Pitbull song that John Travolta was in the video for. So remember that Pitbull video we did for Savages? yeah. It's called Three to Tango, and this guy scored a movie called Three to Tango. Small small world. It's all connected. It's all connected. Like (laughs) Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But let's talk about Daredevil the Album, released February 4th, 2003. Uh, This album is a collaboration between Marvel and Windup Records, which mainly featured rock and metal artists. Uh, Some notable artists that uh, have a relationship with this label are 12 Stones, Evanescence, and Creed. Uh, This would not be the last time Marvel would produce an album with this label. Uh, Windup collaborated with the studio on Elektra, Fantastic Four, and The Punisher. Some of the artists on this album are Fuel, Saliva, Hoobastank, Drowning Pool, Rob Zombie, Nickelback, and Nappy Roots. All people you <N2> want to attend your party. Huh? Any is <laughs> on there, right? Yeah, but like, like that made that music.
3: Like, it just stood out more. Oh, yeah. When Any RD came on. Oh yeah, it just fell out of place, I was right? Like,
0: what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm sad to say, Coolio is not on this album. Yeah, he's not on the album. Blasphemy! I know. He sure
4: was in the movie.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Was Cooley on the album? No. (laughs) No.
0: No. No, he was not. Um, But uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about Evanescence and their song "Bring Me to Life."
1: Why? (laughs) We have got jokes today. We have to.
0: Uh, It was their first single off their debut album *Fallen*, which dropped April of 2003. At first, Wind Up Records had trouble getting this song to play on radio stations because stations said that, quote, we don't play pianos and chicks on rock radio. However, after the Daredevil soundtrack came out, people were demanding that stations play due to the popularity, so thank you, Daredevil. This movie is why Will Ferrell is juggling invisible balls on The Office. Yeah. Uh, so this song went three times platinum in the US, selling over 3 million units, and uh, went gold and platinum in at least 12 other countries. Evanescence earned five nominations for their debut album at the 46 Grammy Awards, Album of the Year, Best Rock Album, Best Rock Song. Best Hard Rock Performance and Best New Artist. Uh, They ended up winning for Best Hard Rock Performance and Best New Artist. Uh, By the end of 2003, Bring Me To Life finished at number 10 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number eight on the U.S. Billboard Alternative Charts, and number five on the U.S. Billboard Top 40. Its position on the U.S. Billboard Decade End Chart uh, from the years 2000 and 2009 is uh, number 26 for Alternative and number 73 for Rock, all time, It is still number 94 on the U.S. Billboard Mainstream Top 40. And its peak position in 2021 on the U.S. Billboard Hot Rock and Alternative Songs was a 21. So in 2021, they were still waking up inside.
1: We'll let that marinate. (laughs) I don't want to say anything because I want this segment of the podcast to be done (laughs) now. I don't want to talk about Evanescence anymore. Don't worry,
0: dude. Yeah. We we finished the music part. <laughs> I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> let's
1: keep cruising.
0: All right, let's do it.
4: Someone
1: call his name and save him from the dog. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Let's talk about the release of Daredevil. Uh, this movie got pretty negative reviews, but in uh, 2004, they did release a director's cut of Daredevil. This version was unrated or rated R uh, mm. and received better reviews from critics and fans, with many people feeling that this version of the movie was more loyal to the comic. Uh, this version of the movie features uh, an entire subplot uh, featuring Coolio. Uh, while we didn't get a direct Daredevil sequel, we kind of got one with Elektra in 2005, and that movie bombed pretty hard. Uh, it currently sits <laughs> at... a uh, Eleven percent are rotten tomatoes. Oh no. With an average score of three point eight out of ten. Cannot wait to review it with you all. Uh, Ben Affleck did shoot a cameo in that movie. Uh, Ben Affleck refused to do another Daredevil movie unless 20th Century Fox aimed to tell the darker stories in the Daredevil comics, like the Guardian Devil storyline. In a 2006 Slash film article, Ben Affleck stated that he would never take a superhero role again, saying, quote, "...by playing a superhero in Daredevil, I have inoculated myself from ever playing another superhero. Wearing a costume was the source of humiliation for me and something I wouldn't want to do again soon." He's currently one of three Batman in the DCEU. 20th Century Fox took making a new Daredevil movie pretty seriously because if they didn't make one, the rights would eventually go back to Marvel, which is why you saw so many X-Men movies coming out, etc., why we got Fantastic Four reboots. So like, if they didn't keep making movies, Marvel would get their rights back. And uh, in 2008, Jason Statham stated that he was interested in the role with Frank Miller... Agreeing that he should have it, uh, but no movie got made and because of that, you know The rights went back to Marvel and we got the Daredevil Netflix series that was unfortunately canceled after three seasons But for anybody that saw you know spider-man uh, No way home or uh, Hawkeye, you know these characters are probably gonna show up soon
2: hey, Who is oh Kingpin and yeah. Hawkeye? Mm-hmm. Oh, is he in Daredevil the series? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh got it. Yeah, I need to watch that
5: mm-hmm. It's really good.
2: good. Yeah, and uh but that's it for behind the
4: scenes. Yeah. Hold on, I, I just want to make one thing clear. So Ben Affleck, <laughs> so she did not want... eat nachos every day.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> did she, or did she not eat nachos every day? No. So Ben Affleck didn't want anybody else to take this part because he felt that he had more knowledge about the character and could bring it to uh, and, and could bring it to the film. And then in 2006 said that wearing the daredevil suit was an embarrassment and he would never do that again. We're talking about the same guy. Yes. I think, I think we're talking about
0: his uh, expectations versus reality. I think after you see the finished project, you're just kind of like, what the fuck? And I think at that point, I don't think he had enough clout to kind of steer the entire production. Like some actors do nowadays, like he would nowadays. He, he kind of felt like if i'm in this role maybe i can push for things to be more accurate but at the end of the day there's a studio in charge there's powers that be and he probably couldn't do anything about it and he
4: probably hated his experience okay maybe i'm just hung up on the the costume bit i mean did he expect to not have to wear a costume this in this movie i mean from what i can recall the costume was pretty close probably to the, the best, comic book. It's not a bad thing. costume. It's no. not a bad costume. There's plenty of worse ones out there, uh, like um, Bullseye. But his costume was okay, so I, I just, I don't understand why wearing a, a, an actual halfway decent costume was an embarrassment. No, I
2: think he means, like, just being the character. Oh, okay. Like, he's not talking about the actual costume as much as he's talking about, like, being the character in, in that film,
5: mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Yeah. We're talking,
1: like, 2003, too, before, like, all of this, you know, Marvel Universe and all this stuff started to take off like crazy. Now it's, I don't know, maybe his feelings... Are, I mean, obviously he did Batman, so those feelings are different. And he was a terrible Batman, too.
2: Oh, I thought he... I, I
5: thought, thought he was he, all right. I think the writing was shitty. Favorable.
2: The yeah. writing was shitty. I think he was a good cast. That's good the cast. problem with a lot of yeah. these, like... I mean, the writing in this movie is real bad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's just... If the writing is off, then... There's no saving it. Yeah. That's
5: what I'm
3: saying. Like like I said earlier, if they did Secret Wars, I wouldn't mind seeing a Ben Affleck Daredevil. Like I'm not, I don't hate this movie to the extent to where I never want to see him reprise the role, but it's still
4: shitty. <laughs> I think anyway. anything can be, you know, fixed up if given a second opportunity and, yeah, exactly. and better writers, but you know, we're like here to ben talk Affleck, about this particular movie.
0: Guys, it's it's like writing is like the key. Like yeah, it has exactly. the story has to be good. You have to care about what the fuck is happening. Otherwise these costumes and these explosions, like none of that shit matters if you don't give a fuck about the people caught in the madness.
4: Yeah. Like yeah. but the only course, one that
3: gets
0: away with it is Fast and Furious. Like you can have a shitty ass story and just
3: throw explosions everywhere and you'd be like, All right. <laughs>
1: We always talk about editing, too. The Michael like, Bay special? Like, yeah. like, editing, too. Like, the way they edit the movie. Like, what well, the big one was, like, what? Suicide Squad recently that they were talking about just got really chopped up. What was another one that they talked about that got really bad?
0: There was a Suicide Squad. I remember Gangster Squad had to get changed up. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier had to get mm, edited the fuck yeah. out of because of the pandemic. Like... There's two episodes missing from that. From what we got, like that's how much is gone. So,
1: yeah. so I think I wonder, writing for sure, but then editing as well. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I wonder. Um, you saw the director's cut.
1: Yes. Recently.
2: Yeah. And I wonder what the major differences are there. Um. So there's the subplot with Coolio. Um. Is I f- Coolio, Coolio's not in the in like the original right? He's hardly in it. I yeah, I, I. yeah. He's he's in it long enough to kind of
4: explain that. Hey, Matt Murdock's got a case, but. In the director's cut, which is the version that I also watched, you actually go in depth and see how you know Matt Murdock functions as a lawyer because he, oh, he actually see. does some representing in a courtroom. Yeah,
0: product. and they I think they use Coolio to kind of find out something from somebody. I think they use Coolio as a means to find evidence against uh, Kingpin's people. I think.
2: Yes,
4: yes, I believe you're correct.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I wish I'd watched this a second time because I I did make sure to jot down notes of like what specifically is in there. But I think the director's cut is about two hours long. And I think the original daredevil movie is like 140, I think.
1: Yeah. You know, I remember being shorter. Yeah. yeah.
0: But the director's cut is about two hours long and there's, and, and it feels more cohesive overall. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for behind the scenes. Cool. All right, let's get into trash and treasure. Uh,
1: Jason, what is your trash and treasure? So again, we watched this a few months ago, but I'll, I'll go through my trash and treasure real quick. Um, Again, coming off like the Netflix series, watching this movie now, like the court scene, it didn't feel real real like we were in it, at least not, I didn't watch the director's cut, but I, I just, I didn't really like the courtroom scene. Um, when Ben Affleck gets ready with all of his weapons to go out for the night, I don't know, I found it really cheesy. They zoom in on the sunglasses or the glasses he's wearing, you get the reflection, it's just, it felt like like old Batman, but at the same time, I don't know, I just found it really cheesy. Um, it seemed like the movie uh, skipped a big chunk of his life. Like we see him as, you know, really young, you know, when the accident happens, but I don't feel like we get to see him. I'm sorry, it doesn't have to be really long. It could be quick, like a montage, but uh, I just feel like they miss a lot of his like teenage years and, and, and stuff like that, at least me personally. Um, and again, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of jaded because I'm like it, like comparing this to the Netflix series, especially. Um, the fight in the park uh, between uh, Daredevil and Elektra, I think it's the cheesiest fucking shit ever. I did not like it.
0: What about the basketball scene
2: from Catwoman? Oh my god,
4: I never what watched movie? Catwoman. I've never seen out? that
2: movie either. Oh boy, Halli
1: Berry Catwoman. I can't. Yes. Yeah, I never watched it.
2: Oh, it's ben, been a minute since I've seen
1: ben that
0: too. Man. Yeah, is that what, worse? Watch that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was really cheesy. Not nacho cheese. I just felt like it was really bad um (laughs) so (laughs) stupid nachos uh colin farrell i the bullseye thing man the way he's dressed i feel like i was i was like seeing like matrix kind of stuff you know that's what i felt like the paper clips i thought were dumb the worst though the worst was him rubbing the bullseye oh my god and it's not only rubbing the bullseye when it's exposed, but he had like the beanie on too and he's still like rubbing through it and it's just I don't know. Cringe. Yeah, I, I just I didn't I don't know. I just I really hated that. Um I thought Ben Affleck's hair looked kinda goofy too throughout the whole movie. It's a two thousands hairstyle. I
2: it was just, it was I made that note too. It was horrible. Yeah, I thought don't it you was, don't you go justifying shit after saying, you hate the hey, fucking hey, soundproof hey, look,
3: chamber. What the fuck? If we went back in time it was just like, okay. It looks like accurate.
1: And you could times. be right, but again, I'm, I'm watching on, this now. It's come goofiest on. Goofy as fuck.
4: No, it, you, you guys are exactly right. No? He spends a night of crime fighting and he pulls his helmet off and his fucking hair is perfect. But they show him up there, they show him sh- showing up to court the next day and his hair's a fucking wreck. I mean, didn't even bother. What kind of respect is that for the court of law? It's not like he could see his hair in the mirror.
1: Moving on. Go uh, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh again, I don't so Electra's training scene with Evanescence in the background I just wanted to It's
3: like who the fuck sets up sandbags? like arts and crafts but still filled with hatred I know. to doodle on all of them and just be like yeah training montage coming right now and then Evan,
1: <laughs> yeah you're forcing it a little bit she
3: spent more time drawing his face
5: <laughs> on all the sand it
3: looks like Wilson from fucking Castaway like
1: <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is like somebody's got to pick up all that sand <laughs>
5: yeah
1: and then uh, my last trash is um, the slow motion part at the end when Bullseye tosses Electra off I don't know I just thought that was kind of goofy Treasures, when Daredevil falls uh, in the very beginning, uh, before the opening credits, I thought that was funny. Um, AJ from The Sopranos, uh, he's the main bully when they show young Daredevil, thought that was cool. Uh, You guys may disagree with me on this, it's hard to show what he sees as you know being a blind person but like you know all the the sonar or the, the the sound coming you know bouncing off things i think the visual of the sound allowing him to see like that was interesting i don't know if it was amazing but i like that they showed something the fight at the bar was okay there were parts of it that were really good but i think it was executed poorly uh i feel like it was really quick like really quick shots there was some cheesy shit mixed in there too like it was a cool idea but it was just a lot
3: and he swung on the fan yeah. Yeah. I just watched the clip. I was like, "What the fuck." Yeah.
1: Like, there's a couple cool parts, and I know this is my treasure, but like, there's a couple cool parts. But overall, it was like kind of just executed really poorly. Uh, John Favreau um, is. I think he's funny in it. Uh, it was good to see him. I actually honestly forgot he was in the movie, and so I went back and rewatched it. Uh, I like Kevin Smith at the morgue. I thought that was kind of cool. And then Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. I thought he did a great job. Like he's huge. And he's like terrifying, and he has that that presence. I, I thought he did a great job. Um, I think you know Vincent D'Onofrio does a great job too, but I think he's just like, I mean, an arm Like you really, he's a massive dude. Like I thought, I thought he did a great job. But that's my trash and treasure.
2: TJ, uh, why don't you tell us your trash and treasure? Um, I will start off with trash. Uh, first thing is the CGI seemed. Not great, and I don't know if this is just because it the movie was made almost 20 years ago, um, or if it was just really bad. Um, they also like did a lot of CGI in slow motion, and to me, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why is that a decision that's being made because it doesn't look convincing enough, even if it was good CGI, putting it in slow motion, like, really allows the viewer to see it right for all its flaws or whatever. They also use like a CGI rose, and I'm just like, ugh, why, why can't we just use the real one or just not have that in there? I don't know. Uh, just not really, not well done. Um, also hate when, it's like so stupid, it's also CGI, but um, when Colin, like the, the glass shatters and Colin Farrell's like catching all of the glass shards to use as weapons. But clearly he's not catching anything, so his acting is not great in that, and like his motions aren't great. And then I'm like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> like who's, how are like all of these glass shards just landing in this man's hand? It's not, well done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> Dominic just imitated what he's doing and that's exactly right. Um, so yeah, just not great. And again, it's like, why? Bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate, there's a part in the movie where he's like squeezing the rose so hard that he's like gallons of blood comes gushing out of his hand. And again, like, that's so stupid. That's not even like a smart, like visual, let alone possible. Um, the writing is really bad as Jason, or as we had talked about, um, just a few quotes that I have here. Um, that light at the end of the tunnel, that's not heaven. That's the sea train. Send the guards home. This is something you wouldn't understand. Like I don't know if it was a delivery issue or if it was just writing. Um, I didn't catch your name. I didn't give it. It It's just like so generic. It seemed like, um, the park fight scene really dumb. Uh, and overall I just felt like the story was not great. It kind of like falls into like every superhero trope that you could imagine is like all squeezed into this, this movie. So that's my trash. Um, treasure um i did like the scenes where you kind of see how his life is actually impacted from being blind so like there's a scene that i that really stands out to me where he's like uh folding his money in different ways and he has everything sort of separated and labeled out um in braille and then he's you know folding his money and putting it in his wallet in different ways and just that kind of stuff i thought gave us a glimpse on like how blind people live and how their day-to-day life is um changed from being blind um, like Jason, I also really like the the scenes where you kind of see his perspective from, particularly for me, the the rain, um, and how that was visualized in the film. Um, I think it's really actually heartbreaking when they're at the funeral and it's raining, so he can see her, uh, but uh, he can see Electra, but then she puts a, up the umbrella and like walks away. Like to me, that's like a really good scene, and um, I really like that. Uh, and then. Uh, John Favreau, like like Jason, um, I thought he did a good job. He always does a good job. He's always pretty much the same character in every movie that he's been in. Um, So yeah, that's my trash. I mean, that's my treasure, my trash and treasure. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, be gentle.
4: All right, and and just take a deep breath, man. Yeah. You know what? Let's just start off with (laughs) the treasures. Then we're gonna be gentle. We're gonna start off with the treasures. Nice. Number one? Treasures. Nice treasures. Michael Clark Duncan as the Kingpin. Um, the Kingpin is supposed to be a towering, burly man capable of going toe to toe with superheroes like Spider Man. And Daredevil being able to hold his own uh, was a testament. Um, Michael Clark Duncan did a great job portraying one of the greatest mob bosses in Marvel. Uh, and there were some campy parts in there, but he's just got that s- intimidating personality. Even like when he's like laughing, you know, you can tell it's like the last thing I want to do is cross this guy. So, um, I thought his portrayal was, was uh, very good. Uh, the radar sense for 2003
5: CGI mm,
4: looked pretty impressive and it was kind of interesting to boot. I also very much enjoyed the uh, the daredevil costume. Um, they could have went like a different way with it, and I think they kind of kept to the comic book roots with it. And uh, I, I I thought it looked great personally, his his costume. So those are my treasures. Great. Now let's nice. Let's ease on in to our trashes, which I only have a couple a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> So, my first trash, this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Or am I? No, I'm not. (laughs) So, let's start off with Bullseye. Bullseye is a fucking joke. And way too over-the-top cartoonish for even a comic book movie. Topher Grace and his Venom portrayal can rest easy at night because no one will ever be as bad as Colin Farrell as Bullseye. It is not unreasonable to say that this is the worst Marvel villain portrayal of any Marvel movie to date, and he actually kind of starts off cool, chugging a beer while wiping the floor with his opponent in a game of darts. Then to say it went downhill from there would be an understatement. It more like fell off a fucking cliff, like Wiley e. Coyote. The paperclip into the needles uh, to him feeling a constant need to rub that forehead tattoo God. scar birthmark whatever it was birthmark. Imagine what magic. the fuck was that thing? <laughs> and everywhere he went, there was a shot of him walking with his arms out to the sides. Riding up an escalator? Arms out to the sides. Standing up on a motorcycle? Better have those fucking arms out to the side. You, did you just kill your target in the stupidest way possible? Hey, celebrate with those arms out to your side. The guy looked like he was trying to portray Christ the Redeemer for half the fucking film. <laughs> and every time he tried to leave, he would always fap his trench coat out. <laughs> just fucking like Phantom of the Opera. Not not even Kingpin took him seriously, as he demanded a costume to go hunt down Elektra and Daredevil and didn't get shit for him. (laughs) Just that same stupid trench coat. Even his final battle was lame, a fight on the pipe organs where he should have easily won, only to be thrown out onto a car and have the driver say, Whoa! I'm embarrassed for Colin Farrell for accepting this role, but apparently he was actually super stoked about it and about the ability to use his natural accent for the role. I guess that was a big thing. And he didn't even do that. He used a thicker accent than normal because reasons. So uh, that was one. couple couple more uh daredevil's powers are all over the place in the beginning a tiny drop from an ivy was enough to light up a room via his uh his radar sense or echolocation whatever you want to call it in other parts of the movie there are noises all around him and he can barely see his powers did not grant him superhuman strength or durability yes he is extremely agile and can hardcore parkour with the best of them but that doesn't mean he can make a 15-foot straight leap upwards, which he does in the movie. Also, when he jumps off a two-story 2, and a two story building, he's breaking a whole bunch of bones in those legs. The guy didn't even roll when he hit the ground, which is a primary means of mitigating substantial damage after a large fall. And it's not just him. Everyone in this world seems to be capable of leaping tall buildings in a single bound or effortlessly tossing around human bodies like they were ragdolls. So, I had a problem with that. And then, like my last big one is with superpowers comes the ability to be super touchy. Because I understand that blind people often use their sense of touch to, quote unquote, see people. However, when those chemicals spilled into his eyes, they bestowed him a secret power and that power to overstep personal boundaries and common decency. The guy straight up follows Electra from a coffee shop to a playground where they fight in front of children, and that's all the permission he needs to start touching her face without further introduction or permission. (laughs) Then it gets better. He takes her up to a rooftop where he knows it'll rain with no umbrella so he can see her, and after that tender moment where they kiss for the very first time, he fucking bails. She's left on a strange roof in the in the rain in a dress with no umbrella, and the next time they see each other, it ain't no thing. Water under the bridge. She even dressed up for him, and I personally feel it would have been hilarious if she just came out in like an old sweater and some sweatpants and in hair curlers and was like, "I just wanted to dress up for you." How the fuck would he know? He's not outside in the rain. Um, and then my last one is a. Uh, to the campiness of the kingpin, I know the whole rose slash kiss of death thing is cool, but you gotta imagine that all those previous murders you were involved in and never prosecuted might look oddly suspicious on a second glance when a when a rose is left at every scene of the crime. <laughs> Did you not watch Home Alone? Because that's how the cops knew about every house that the wet bandits hit. So that was a little ridiculous. But those are those are my trashes and treasures. Some right. of them. Some of them? You <laughs> uh, got more? Can, right. you, can you give us one more? Uh, Sure. I gotcha. Matt Murdoch. you're a fucking attorney. Tell me, how bad does it look when you break into a dead woman's apartment and start going through all of her shit, leaving your fingerprints all over the place? My guess, pretty fucking bad. And I didn't even need to go to law school for that. But he wouldn't know how bad it looks. <laughs> I guess technically yes he wouldn't know how bad that looks
1: <laughs> I didn't see that one coming neither did <laughs> <no>. <laughs> all
0: right um
3: I was gonna say you better keep an eye out for this guy oh god, <laughs> oh, god. <laughs>
5: <I'm> so bad <laughs>
0: all right uh so by trash and treasure uh right off the bat something I noticed um I feel like if uh we never rebooted Batman Begins, you know, with Christopher Nolan, this is what the next Batman movie would have looked like. I feel like this movie is like peak two thousands leather action type shit, like we were talking about like Underworld Blade, X Men, like this fits that mold. And I feel like, you know, we have the uh the superhero dress up scene like you were talking about, Jason. The guy asked Uh, Daredevil, what do you want? And he's like, justice. And I'm like, okay, Batman. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you know, the way uh, his dad dies in the street, and we have the shot panning away from him at straight up Crime Alley from Batman. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has the scars all over his back, just like in the in the comic books for Batman. Uh, He has his own little Devil Cave with all his little you know stuff in there. And then uh, we even have Coolio in this movie, like we had Coolio in Batman and Robin.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah. The motorcycle races. Yep. Yeah, I forgot about
0: that. So, yeah, I feel like uh, this is the next step. Had we not gotten the Christopher Nolan reboot, this is probably what the next Batman movie would have looked like. And then uh, going on to my trash, uh, having been on a construction job site, there is no way in hell that little boy is making it all the way through that site before a foreman yells at him, Like, especially with a skateboard. Like He must have been walking through that site for at least five minutes prior. Somebody would have stopped him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how hard it is for us to get onto a job site. Like, there's no way he's just skating through, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I just thought that was pretty stupid. Um, And also, on a site that big, there's probably, like, a portable office or something that he could go to to find his dad if he really needs him. Most job sites have a portable, like, at the opening that maybe the public could go to if they need to. Uh, That whole, uh, you know, I can see slash hear everything sequence would have been much more intense, you know, when he first figures out he has his senses in the hospital room. I feel like um, he adapts a little too quickly. Like that should have been like a traumatic scene like where he's like overwhelmed. Maybe his dad barges in and comforts him and helps him or something like that. But like to just kind of be like, oh yeah, I can I can hear slash see. I kind of feel like that should have been like a, a traumatic moment for this kid. Like you're a kid, you're blind and you're overwhelmed with all this shit. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that was played a little too lightly. Um, you know, to your point, uh, Jordan, like just because you can super hear and supersede doesn't mean you can automatically do backflips, yeah. you know, off of rooftops and shit. Like even as a teenager, I thought that was kind of stupid. Um, uh, the guy that's on tra- trial at the beginning of the movie, like you can't be in a courtroom on the stand and say she enjoyed every second of it. Like in a creepy way when you're like being tried for like rape or murder or whatever and like you know you're in a sexual assault case you can't be on the stand saying she enjoyed every second of it it's just like why are we here yeah. he's guilty like what the fuck like and somehow he gets off free um daredevil is a murderer you know that's cool like he's basically the punisher the way he uh, leaves that guy to die in the subway um you know let's let's fucking kill this dude and then leave a flaming double d for like the cops to find. Oh, I, that was also one of my. <laughs> and I'm just like, did he go back up to the bar, <laughs> find gasoline, and <laughs> run all the way back down the subway
2: <laughs> to the train station, and then just make the logo, yeah. and like hoping that somebody would throw a match down? Well, also, you can clearly like in the movie, you can clearly see it, right? Like we know that it's coming, so we look for it. But I'm like the the police officer. Who's investigating a crime scene is standing right on top of it and doesn't notice that there is outlined these double D's outlined.
4: <laughs> double D's
5: nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it,
2: like it looks cool in the trailer, but like in the movie, it has no place, like at all. Right, yeah. Yeah. and like it's how like how this. Rep-
0: saying, "I'm not
3: the bad guy, but I do murder people." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, and it's
2: like this reporter who's like onto him, right? Like, is that from the comments? Uh, ben Uric. Yeah, yeah. He's a Spider-Man
0: character, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he? Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, how did Jennifer Garner walk into the cafe, and immediately after she sits down, she has a drink in her hand? She, did, she, did, she didn't even go to the counter. She, she, order, she ordered a head? Nah, dog.
2: Mobile order. <laughs> on her fucking. 20 years ago. On yeah. Her, on her, Already waiting just, for. Just her the, LG flip phone. That's uh, that
0: pretty privilege. Her her fucking Motorola Razor. She like ordered ahead of time.
2: Her
1: Samuel. Flip. Yeah, like she just she just sits Side down. Sidekick too. <laughs> and she just. Has she had a the fucking, trip phone. Come on, guys. Yeah. Let's like. With the times.
0: She just she just sits down and automatically has her shit, which is weird. Um, you know, I I kind of wish this thread of um. I'm not the bad guy who was more prevalent throughout this film, but we have this whole Electra storyline that kind of derails whatever personal journey Daredevil is going on. You know, is this his first major outing as Daredevil? You know, how far along is in his crime-fighting career? Is he, you know, why is he cons- why is he so concerned with being the good guy? When he's done, you know nothing but good. Technically speaking, maybe the death of Casada uh, should have been a mistake instead of just letting him die on the subway platform. And maybe the cops are after him now, and that's where this whole thread comes in. Like he he starts to doubt himself possibly because that was a mistake, and that doubt carries, uh, and he carries that doubt with him throughout the movie. I kind of feel like this movie is too stuffed with too many storylines it doesn't give us enough time to actually care about daredevil like we're so focused on electra like this is electra's movie like she's the one that has the journey she's the one that is trying to kill the kingpin and has the motivation and i'm just like can we get inside of daredevil's head just a little bit like i would i would prefer if the movie was that way and then this dude ben urich at the end like he really typed up this whole article and deleted it
4: Oh yeah. Like, no. what was why? No, what was that's the, getting saved on a hard drive. Yeah. Somewhere. What
0: was the point of that? Like, why? Yeah. Why waste your time? Yeah. And then, um, you know, Daredevil and Elektra. <laughs> like, so he he takes her to the roof, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what if she was ugly? As-
5: <laughs> 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 like,
0: oh like, shit! <laughs> yeah, like it, it's just like you smelled her, but you didn't see her. Yeah, you know, so I'm just kind of like, what if she was ugly as fuck? And he just left her on
4: the roof, but he did anyway. And then... Love is blind. (laughs)
5: Love is blind.
0: (laughs)
4: So is Daredevil. Yeah. (laughs) You're beautiful on the inside, (laughs) where your soul is.
5: You're beautiful, no matter what they say. It's true. Oh, my Um, God. I saw your face uh, (laughs) on a rainy (laughs)
2: day. (laughs) Was that song
0: inspired by this movie? Maybe. Maybe. Um, and then, like these two have only seen each other three times, like three times, and they're already being—they're already telling each other, like, "Oh, stay with me." And they're having cheesy music at the funeral, and it's just like, technically, y'all have never really ever dated. You've only seen each other. Scratch that. Only one of you has seen the other. <laughs> and I—I'm just kind of like, "What What's the fuck?" Just, What's just—well,
3: I mean, Tom Cruise in Mission
4: Impossible Tandy Two, knew, or yeah, yeah. Is—is is the park fight not their first date? I don't know. I mean, they didn't it's even scares. get names. There were no names given. You could call it a blind, blind date. date. <laughs> uh, thank you for that one, Kerwin.
0: <laughs> oh God. Um, so Daredevil gets his ass kicked by Electra, right? And then he tells her to run before Bullseye showed up. And I'm just like, bro, like she just whooped your ass. You think you could protect her? Like, mm-hmm. why? Why are you telling her? that she can't be Bullseye, but but you can, when she just whoop your ass. And then, you know, we spend this whole movie being told that Elektra is a badass, and the moment she goes up against Bullseye, she all of a sudden can't do shit. Like, she disarms and disables Daredevil pretty quickly, and then Bullseye shows up, and she's done in like five seconds. Like, she wasn't even like tired, like after Daredevil. And then, you know, for somebody that got stabbed in the abdomen, she isn't leaking at all. She just crawls over to Daredevil. There's no blood splatter, not a single drop of blood. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of whack. Matt is lying in the church, right? And he says everything I've ever had has been taken from me. And I'm just like the girl you've known for like a week. <laughs> like Foggy is still alive. Karen is still alive. You still have clients. You have Hell's Kitchen depending on you. You have a stable income. Like <laughs> everything has been taken from you. Like this one girl you've known for like three days, and everything's been taken from you. I thought that was kind of whack, uh, but. Uh, onto my treasure uh, I like when studios take creative liberties with uh, with opening credits like yeah the, the braille thing is, is cheesy but you know I appreciate little little details yeah. like that I don't mind it um, you know for, for 2003 or 4 or whatever is pretty cool uh, cauliflower ear is a nice detail on his dad it really shows yeah. that he's been through a lot of shit yeah. uh, I like the Stanley cameo where he keeps him from crossing the street uh, so that was pretty cool Um, You know, and also the mentions of all the different folks at Marvel, I appreciated that, because, like, you hear, like, the the fight cards for certain fights, and it's, like, creator versus creator, or, like, certain people have certain names, so I kind of like that. I thought the bar fight at the beginning was actually really well done. Like, it was campy as fuck, but I I, I wish the action in the rest of the movie was like that. Hmm. Like, it felt brutal. It felt like semi-real. I thought like some of the hits were really, really hard and intense and I thought the choreography was pretty decent and I wish that would've kept going throughout the actual movie. And then um I like Colin Farrell as bullseye. I'm sorry. Really I I like I like that he understands what movie he's in. I feel like he's the only actor besides Michael Clark Duncan that understands what movie they're in. And they're just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna camp it up. Hmm. Like fuck it. Like they understand that this isn't the best movie and they're just Playing a fucking campy part.
1: That's an interesting way to look at it. You're right. Yeah,
0: kind of like the Emperor in Star Wars. Like he's just this cackling villain, yeah. and it's just like that's how I feel about Colin Farrell and and Kingpin. They're just kind of like we know what we're doing. Colin Farrell's just like this jokey joke, over the top dude that's supposed to be like psychotic, and he's just cheesing it up. And Michael Clark Duncan is just playing this fucking ruthless villain that's got a lot of swag to him and shit. And and I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel about. Lab dance, but I'm pretty sure you'll get to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um Evanescence playing while uh electric trains and daredevil suits up. So dark, so much emotion.
1: That's a treasure.
0: So Edgelord. Yeah. Yeah. Bullseye after throwing bullseye onto the street. He says bullseye. Bullseye. When he throws him onto the yeah. yeah. It's a treasure. Yeah. I laughed. I'm gonna like, lie. I fucking laughed. But other than that, like, that's my trash and treasure. Justice. Um, my other trash, my my other trash, though, is like Colin Farrell constantly stroking his bullseye. Like, he has, he's just, he's just rubbing that quit into oblivion, bro. Okay,
1: that's what I kept thinking, too. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what are we doing, man? He's got
0: like a ribbed sphincter in the middle of his forehead. It is insane. But I feel like yeah. we're
1: going to see him doing it, and then the camera's going to go off of him. And then it's going to go back, then back, back to him. He's just going to Well, how, how hilarious would it be if, like, he's rubbing the bullseye and
0: his,
4: his face just gets wetter
2: and wetter as he rubs it?
4: So, funny story in the comics, uh, he has that same issue. He likes to rub it. Uh, he actually rubbed it off at one point and had to rebrand himself to put it back on.
0: <laughs> I don't have a pun for that. <laughs> Thank God. I know. <laughs> Just can't put my finger
3: on it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, that pun was right on target. Oh, uh, see, there it
3: goes. It's coming, it's coming. Yeah,
0: but uh, that's me. What about you, Dominic? Um, I did not like
3: the costume design on any of the characters. I felt like uh, Daredevils could have been better, more practical. It just felt like it was just all leather. Um, the soundtrack just felt weird. Uh, the way they used the songs, I should say, not the songs itself, but the way they used them. Like the Evanescence when Elektra is training with sandbags and doodles just to tr- prepare for her fight against double. I thought that was weird. Uh, Bullseye, I did not like his design and his character at all. Um, the NERD lap dance to a Black Kingpin, I felt that was too like I don't know. It just felt it rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, you would put the <laughs> you would put like the only like Black song with a Black Kingpin. It, it, it just I don't know but um, Treasures Michael Clark Drunken, I think his presence was very dominant and I, I like him as a kingpin I like that they switched it up it was pretty cool and uh, let's put like Jennifer Garner still high at the end of the day so true <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah. you guys pretty much touched on everything <laughs>
1: <Bullseye>. <laughs> all
0: right uh, let's get into uh, let's tell uh, let's tell the people how much we would pay to watch Daredevil uh, Jason, tell us how much you would pay to see Daredevil.
1: I don't think I can go zero. I mean, as much as we're all kind of clowning on the movie and stuff, I did. I, th- I remember enjoying it when I was a kid, uh, of course. Or I shouldn't say a kid. I mean, I, I was younger. Um, but... Like, watching it now, I don't have the same appreciation for it, obviously, especially after the Netflix series and all that kind of stuff. But there are a couple of things I can take from the movie that, like, like TJ and I were saying, like, the way they showed him, like, seeing with the rain and stuff like that. Uh, him getting out of the the, the the chamber when he sleeps. I thought that part was kind of cool. Uh, the Evanescence was not cool. Um, I guess I'd pay five bucks to see it. I don't. I mean, I was going to go zero, but I feel like that's pretty harsh. Jordan, you were saying the suit. I think the suit is pretty good. There are a couple things, very few, that I can take from the movie that are good. So I'm going to go five.
2: TJ, how much are you paying? Right. Uh, Like Jason, I think zero is too harsh, especially when we consider some of those other movies that have also ranked at zero. Uh, So I'm going to go five on this one.
4: Jordan, what about you? There's a reason that a direct sequel to this movie was never made it's because this movie was terrible and uh while ben affleck was smart enough to retire his character jennifer garner must have been paid a shit ton of money to somehow make the even worse electro movie i uh find it hard to find any redeeming qualities about this film and honestly i would only encourage people to watch this movie if you find yourself in a situation where you have to like for a podcast or (laughs) otherwise feel free to skip this one and put that time to better use elsewhere i can give this movie a zero so harsh i have a strong strong feelings about this movie but hey i'm glad you're you're letting it down easy yeah (laughs) i could have go it could have went with uh, you have to pay me five bucks to go see this movie (laughs) but uh no, okay. I think zero is gonna be alright. All right, all
0: right. Uh, I'm I yo. I'm actually surprised you guys gave it fives, TJ and Jason. Uh, I was coming into this thinking five as well. There's a lot of potential in what I see on this uh, in this movie. I do enjoy kind of the campiness of it a little bit. Some some of the actors know exactly what the fuck kind of movie they're in, and also you know just like I, I like Daredevil a lot when I was a kid. Hmm. You know, I, I enjoyed him in the uh, Spider-Man animated series, like you mentioned, uh, Dominic. Um, I was finally interested in seeing like different characters on screen now that we had marvel after years of batman and superman like we finally saw x-men spider-man blade and now daredevil um but i I think there's i think there's some good in here i think the performances are are pretty good and i do find something good in what we see here i just i just think that if they would have pushed a little further this movie would have been solid and possibly could have gotten a good sequel but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go like low five on this movie uh dominic what about you I was talking between zero and five, to be
3: honest, um, but I did enjoy it when I first watched it. We we're early teens, right? When it came out. So to give it a zero, I feel like it would be a disturbance to the younger me that found some sort of enjoyment out of this. So I guess at most I'll give it a five, but like, if it's on, I'll change the channel. Change the channel. <laughs> I'll watch a few scenes, you'll be like, oh, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's about it, yeah. All right, cool. So well, uh, hold
4: on. If you wouldn't watch it when it was free, if it was on T V
3: No, nah, I w- honestly I'll probably watch it, but I don't know if I'd be paying attention. How about that? Is that Okay. It'll
0: be on, but- Yeah, it'll be on, but that'll be it. Uh so what are we paying to watch
1: this movie? So with Jordan Zero we're paying four dollars.
0: Hey, That sounds right. That sounds good to be. That's how much Did I everyone paid. else give it five? Yeah. Yeah, fives. Yeah. Uh but would you pay more if Tom Cruise was in this movie? Bullseye. No. <laughs> Tom Cruise Bullseye?
1: Bullseye. I
2: think make him Kingpin Pen. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> like
2: Oh my god.
3: That would be so
0: funny. That would be hilarious. Just
3: put him in a suit like they did in Tropic Thunder. He's just like, "Oh my god." Oh,
1: he could be god. one of the kids at the playground when they have the fight. <laughs> he could be the bully. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> just be, a grown man Picking on a kid <laughs> He can be the seesaw
0: There you go There you go He's the seesaw Jesus yeah. He's the coffee that Jennifer Garner didn't order <laughs> At all <laughs> But uh, yeah So I think uh, that's it We're paying four bucks To see Daredevil uh, See y'all when we do Electra Cannot wait And uh, in the words of wait, Tom is crew, that part of the series? Oh yeah Yeah? Oh yeah Damn That's it for this episode of $20 Ticket. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at $20 Ticket. That's $20 Ticket. For more content, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you've got the time, leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's $20Ticket at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.
5: So
3: raving, she yeah. can see into the future. Wake me
5: up before you go, go. Be my baby tonight. Oh. I gotta hit that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there
2: you go. That was pretty good. Yeah, Thank you, sir. I, I appreciate John that, Kermit.
3: Yeah. You can sing. Really? I can't even look at you. Right
2: <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Is it still recording? Yeah. Yes. I think he just That's keeps it on.
3: Do some ASMR.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Backyard <again>. cam.
4: Hey, Gerwin, <laughs> this is for you.
2: I have to edit all over the sound. End up in the end credits. <laughs> uh, yeah. right? Yeah. I had such a crush on. Uma I had a crush on Batgirl, but I also had a crush on Robin. So. I <laughs> <laughs> was like a massive shit
1: okay so gonna, oh my god <laughs> we're gonna take a fucking break and <laughs> I gotta take a shit
0: like I've been holding this thing I had a chorizo burrito when I first <laughs> got <here. laughs> oh god so I'm gonna see y'all I am going to see you all i you
1: ate that shit fast as fuck too yeah. man.